a movie about killer boobs. That's right, killer boobs, complete with a musical number. We watched Killer Rack. We watched it so you don't have to, so you know what time it is. What's up, Moon Goons? Welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me as always is my buddy, my my co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing on this fine, fine, warm January evening? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm here. I'm, uh, here to talk about, uh, one of my favorite things. And what would that be? What 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 what, are, what is this favorite thing of yours? Sweet titties. Oh God bless them, God bless them. Sweet titties. Sweet sweet old titties. Uh, that is true. We are here to talk about Killer Rack, uh, a movie about well, killer boobs. So we've gone from killer donuts to killer boobs this killer week. Killer boobs. And oh boy, this movie is so much fun. I I at least in my opinion, I don't know. But uh, before <laughs> before we get to the movie, let's. Do some house, our house clean. Aaron, tell everybody where they can find us and, and check course, us out. Of course, of course. You can always find us on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at so bad it's scary. You can find us on Instagram. And of course, check us out at horriblehorrorpodcast.com. That is where you can stream episodes. That is also, if you want to listen to episodes, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Podbean. Uh, yeah, and we have our Patreon page, so please check it out. We just had a long conversation about how we're going to set up our Patreon. We have no idea. <laughs> we're going to figure it out, though. Yeah. So, yeah, check us out. <laughs> Yeah, with that said, uh, <laughs> all right, I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> all right, Killer Rack. This little independent B-movie was released in 2015, written by Paul McGinnis, directed by Gregory Lamberson, uh, with a cast featuring a few, few uh, at least to us, known faces. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you listen to the show, you probably listen, you watch a lot of the yeah. same stuff that we watch, so... You're, uh, you're going to recognize, of course, Lloyd Kaufman. You know, he's the, well, the, the big name. Okay, yeah, he makes a cameo yeah. in this movie a few times. Uh, and then the big name get uh, for this is, uh, again, Debbie Roshan. She's back as uh, Dr. Kate Thulu. Uh, <laughs> this guy is crazy. She has, like, almost 250 movies under her belt. Granted, they're all, like, these cheesy yeah, movies. Yeah. God damn, that's a lot of work. Lady likes to work. And she is definitely looking her age now in this movie. She's I do definitely love that older. Though, Kate Thulu. Kate Thulu. It's yeah. so funny. It's gr- yeah, I love it. Uh, then we also have uh, Jessica Zawalik, play- who plays Betty. This she's not just one of her early first films, but she does a solid job. Um, the Killer Rack itself is actually voiced <laughs> by an actress named Brooke Lewis, who has fifty three credits, including horrible horror class. Uh, uh, I don't know if I call it classic, but Dahmer vs. Gacy, she was in that. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you, Nachos McWerewolf. <laughs> and uh, our fr- and friend, like, well, not really friend because we haven't talked to him yet, but uh, I like to kiss him in front of the show because he's been in four or five movies already. From the Pork Shop series, Mr. Sam Qualiana is in this. He plays Dutch, uh, the boyfriend. 
in this movie, and he crushes it. He does, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's really all we're going to talk about in the cast-wise. We're going to go right and jump right and start motorboating these monstrous memories. <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> Motorboating these monstrous memories. Yes. That's uh that's pretty good. Yeah. M cubed right there. That is M cubed. Alright, so we open in Buffalo Buffalo, New York. Yeah, I kinda like that it's uh in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't know why I kinda like it too. Like that's different. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, right it. on. I Shout out it. to Buffalo. Uh at the plastic surgery office of Dr. Kate Thulu, and <laughs> we hear this woman screaming, and the doctor's male nurse, Herbert East, is <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognize that, damn it. Yeah. I just talked about Herbert West last episode. Yeah, you when... did. <laughs> and here's Herbert East uh, is frantically pounding on Thulu's office door, uh, which has a nameplate that's set on the door. It says Dr. K. Thulu, but right below it, it's just like a slab of paper, white paper is taped. Like with a, a like, magic marker. It says plastic surgeon. <laughs> and uh, Thulu opens the door wearing full surgical garb and these giant black goggles. Uh, she tells Herbert to like, give her a minute, and she slides back inside, or she looks back inside and she's, like screams like "No!" And then she rushes back in, closing the door behind her. Uh, so apparently, Thulu does her surgeries in her actual office instead of an operating room because that's what it looks like. I mean, it's yeah, a clear yeah. wood door in an office, not like an sure. operating room or anything. Um, Herbert waits outside as we hear more screaming along the sounds of, like various tools and like drills being yeah, used. Yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's like clunk clunk. <laughs> Yeah. You know, just like a, a a collage of just different tools, power tool sounds. Yeah, exactly. You know, there might even be a sheep buying in the background. <laughs> um, Thulu comes back out covered in blood, saying that oh, we lost another one. Um, Herbert's surprised by this. Uh, that, that they both thought that this patient was the one. The one. Uh, Thulu goes on to say that she's been in the mad scientist game a long time. <laughs> and to her, and to believe her when she says that you don't want to anger the elder gods, Thula adds they have to keep going. That perfection is close, and soon they will find the perfect vessel, and all of humanity will fall to its knees as we shall rule in darkness. And with that, they break out into over-the-top evil laughter, <laughs> like <laughs> completely <laughs> over-the-top. I think I did a better job. Anyway, yeah, just like over, it's, it's, and right off the back, I mean, yes, it's killer rack, but it's like, they're, they're just spoon feeding ham. Yeah, and, but it's done it to a level where it's fit, like, it's, it, I'm okay with it in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we cut to the waiting room where we see three women sitting there reading magazines. They all look up and concern when they hear this evil laughter. Herbert enters like, hey, Miss Santiago, you're, <laughs> you're next. next. <laughs> and so we roll the opening credits, and we go to our main character, Betty Downer. Yeah, and the, <laughs> the music, the music that they play, the killer rack song, killer, yeah. killer rack, rack. Yeah, it's, it's kind of catchy at first, Yeah, but man, they play it like 12 times in this movie. Yeah, they do play a lot. Oh. The, the music is all original, and some of it's pretty funny and good it's, honestly i know i was okay with the song i'm like okay catchy song but they've played it like three or four times yeah no well, yeah i mean no more yeah i, I get it i agree um so we meet betty downer she's waking up in her bed she looks dis- she looks down disappointedly at right, her chest right and she gets up gets ready for her day um she goes to, she has this massive cabinet full of, like 
boob or bust enhancement drugs. Like, yeah. Like, the guys have, like, penile enlargement <laughs> pills and all this. Or these, like, like this, you know, <laughs> like, over the, ca- like, uh, from the back of a magazine yeah. from, like, the National Enquirer. Like, or make like your the, the tits commer- bigger. The commercials you see at 3 a.m. in the morning. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> she's pop-up got, ads on the porn yeah, sites. Increase bust, you know. <laughs> yeah. Booberamas, yeah, it's just like all kinds of like it's just full medicine yeah. medicine cabinets full of that stuff. Yeah, and she also keeps a boob size chart on her wall, which she seems to like check daily, trying to grow those boobs. Yeah, um, and so she opens her front door to leave for work, and we see that people have spray painted the words like flatty and boy on her on her <laughs> <Flatty>? apartment, <laughs> flatty and flatty. boy on her apartment door. Dude, what kind of alternate universe does she live in where people are like small boobs? What a loser! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now we cut to Gears and Tickbite, who are two denim-clad goons that just stand on the street corner catcalling women like all day long, nonstop. Yeah, but they, they kind of have a silent Bob, Jay, Jay, Jay silent, silent Bob, Bob kind of stick. Not, not sort stick, of. but you know, they're just guys that hang out on the corner listening yeah. to music. I mean, they're dressed like metalheads from the 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. denim with ripped jeans mm. and bandanas. Yeah, they're total, like, ripped around the 80s. Yeah. And they're just, like, catcalling women, you know? Yeah. And, um, like, trying to, like, give each other compliments and pointers on how to do how it. How to do it better. Like, yeah. no, no, that one's too long, man. You got to keep it simple. Yeah. This is more. Yeah. So every girl that walks by, they catcall, except for when Betty walks by, they get real quiet. And they even, like, giggle at her flatness. And mm. she just, they, you know, she walks on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then it's really weird. Like, then this little girl who's probably, like, around six or eight years old, she can't be any older than 10, just right. walks up and tells the two of them that, hey, and she says that, I want boobs when I get older and that you're not being very nice. And then she leaves. And as she walks away, Gears waves at her and says, I'll see you in 10 years. <laughs> That's just so fucked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is really fucked up. It's, uh, it's so wrong. It's right, though. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> like, so all right, we're, we're setting it up here. We got it. So, uh, now we go to Double D Collections, where they proudly handle your assets. Uh, this is where Betty works, and we see uh, three of Betty's larger-breasted co-workers standing around talking about an available promotion. And next to them is this large picture of a very large-breasted employee of the yeah. month, Sandra Dee. <laughs> Double D. <laughs> Double yeah, D. Got yeah. it. Betty walks up to get some water. The girls harass her for being small-breasted. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's a cute top. Do they make it for women? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, she's flat, but... She's not even that flat. Like, I mean, I've seen flatter. Yeah, I mean... She... <laughs> but, yeah. Um, she also has a short conversation with her boss, Mr. Rockwell, who always calls her Betsy instead of Betty. Yeah, he never pays attention to her. He's like, yeah, good job, Betsy, yeah, whatever. And she's like, it's Betty. He's like, mm-hmm. All right, Betsy, I'll see you later. He's looking at papers, not paying attention yeah, to her. Yeah, he never acknowledges her. But whenever... But then Sandra D Sandra pops up. Sandra D pops up. He's bright-eyed. Bushy-tailed. He fawns all over her. Yep. Exactly. Just loves them titties. Yeah, he does. And he even gives Sandra D credit for Betty's work. Um, after Rockwell leaves, we get like a sarcastic hand puppet show from Tim. Um, Tim is the only other guy in the office, but and who's fr- and actually friends with Betty. Yeah, and he's... we learned. I'm go on. No, go ahead. And, and just to say, it's real obvious from the get go that yeah. Tim is into Betty. Yeah, he's into Betty. He's he always brings her coffee. They have a constant banter back and forth. Yeah. And it's like she br- he brings the coffee. She goes, "Oh, did I ever tell you I love you?" And he goes, "All the time." Or not you know, enough. Not enough. Not, not enough. enough. Yeah, not enough. And you know, it's like that. It's it's a cute little banter back and forth. Yeah. Um, Tim. As a love interest, okay, just don't have a goatee, man. Yeah, Goatees, the goatee. Oof, oof. Hey. I don't think a goatee looks good on anybody. Really. 
You don't have a goatee. No, not not anymore. <laughs> not not anymore. You had the chin beard. You didn't I, have a full I, I didn't have goatee. The full, I didn't have the full goatee. You I did not I had have the full the, goatee. I just said the chin beard. You just had the chin. Uh, which actually is the, I believe, the goatee. The full beard is called a Van Dyke, if you want to be, I believe, uh, proper about it. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So my 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 apologies. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> because it looks like a goat. And the goat just has chin, doesn't have the mustache. Oh, the mustache and okay. the beard is the Van Dyke. You're clean shaven today, yeah. I am. You notice I'm clean shaven too? Holy shit, you are. Yeah. I just don't notice the fact that Aaron My beard's gone. Beard. <laughs> beard's gone. Not that it fucking matters in this show, but hey. Because <laughs> all you people who track it, Aaron's facial hair says, you can now know his beard is gone. Um, anyway, so um, we cut to Betty dressed up uh, uh, just a bit, and she's sleeping on the couch. And we see wine glasses and the now cold home cooked dinner sit on the yeah, table. Yeah, like the candlelights, the candlelights are burnt, b- blown out. Yeah, they're know, melted yeah. down. And in comes Dutch, Betty's boyfriend, like I said, played by Sam Qualiana. Uh, she wakes up at the sound of him entering. They sit on the couch and watch TV. And on comes an intentionally bad green screen commercial. I love this commercial. For Dr. Thulu's plastic surgery practice. I do too. I'm glad you liked it. because fucking loved it. They nail like the whole cheap stick of yeah. this like uh. cheap like late night local it's so good it's it is uh and the closing line i, I love it is like she says if you don't want to look like doo-doo call thulu <laughs> <laughs> and i do like when they first put it up there it says cthulhu but then they cut it up they like quickly like change it to thulu <laughs> yeah and also like not board certified or something yeah. they, they, yeah. that comes down real she quick. does the fake walk yeah <laughs> It's really good. It is. It's surprisingly good. Uh, so Betty's like, hey, you know, she wants to have sex with Dutch. And Dutch is like completely uninterested in this yeah, at all. Yeah, he is not. He's like, she, she, she's like, did I tell you I miss you? Kind of starts putting on the moves. And he goes, what, miss you means sex? And she goes, yeah. And he goes, I guess. I'm drunk enough. Yeah, and he actually yeah. Like, yeah, I'm drunk enough. He's, but right after they start kissing, Dutch's cell phone rings. Um, he tells Barry that it's his mother who needs help, so he leaves. Yeah, she's in mid-sentence, and she slams the door yeah. on her as she's walking out. Like, total douchebaggery. Yeah, exactly. Um, Betty notices that he left something behind, so she goes after him. Outside of the apartment, Dutch is on the phone with one of his buddies talking about how his friend just saved her from having to have sex with Betty. And he goes on to say that he swears that her tits are actually innies, and that it's like filling up a 10-year-old boy. Uh, and I need to see real boobs. Let's go to the strip club. Yes. Who's working tonight? Is it candy or something Sapphire like that? Yeah. or something like that. Uh, so, yeah. so they decide to go to the strip club. But that's when Betty walks out, having overheard the conversation. Angrily, she throws this bag at Dutch, storms off. And Dutch is like, he's like, thank God you really did save me from because she's definitely on a rag <laughs> or something like that. And they he, off he goes. Cut to Betty in the middle of like a session with her psychotherapist, who is played by Lloyd Kaufman. She tells him that she thinks all of her problems come from her boobs or that lack thereof. And Kaufman goes into a pretty good speech about how having bigger boobs is not the answer that will only give her a superficial boost to her self-esteem and that she is a beautiful woman and that's what people need to see. Yeah, he actually breaks it down pretty pretty good. It's like a logical breakdown. It's like, okay, I'm like, huh, okay, where's where's the stick? Where's the stick? Yeah, I, I yeah, but it's actually pretty well done but until <laughs> well not yet no okay uh yeah yeah okay i see where you're going with that but mm-hmm. that's when opening the door comes in his incredibly busty blonde assistant Giant titty just falling out yeah and the camera zooms out 
And, the, and we see that his office this is just... whole room is just boobed out. Like, yeah. topless pictures of women, like, artistic, though, artistic, quote, unquote. yeah, artistic. But, like, two beach balls, two big globes, globes next yeah. to each other. <laughs> it's, like, it's any all... sort of, like, two pair of round orbs in any sort of way. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so we cut back to Betty's office. Where she is now, she's all done up. She's like wearing makeup, her hair's up, she's wearing nicer clothes, mm-hmm. trying to look nicer. Tim brings her coffee, they talk. They do that same same shtick. Yeah. Um, again, she's harassed by her boss, this time for having like a mole on the side of her forehead. She's like, dude, cover that shit up, you know? And yeah, so her, get... her attempts at flattery have failed. Yes. So again, now we jump to Betty sitting in the waiting room of Dr. Thulu talking with the nurse Herbert. In comes Thulu, covered in blood. She says, another failure. <laughs> she comes in, throws herself on the floor, starts pounding. Why, why, why? Another yeah. one dead. Ah! And then, like, gets on her back and starts throwing, like, like, a, a temper tantrum. Like a child temper tantrum. I, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Seeing Betty, she like suddenly composes herself, and, and but then but she doesn't get up. No, she just lays. She crap walks out of the room. I loved it. She just lay there. She's like, ah, I apologize. Okay, I'll be back in a minute. And she doesn't stand up. No, she's like crab, crab walks, walks out. I'm like, what the fuck? I loved it. I know, though. I did too. I'm like, what like, the shit? If that was her choice, I I'm like, Mwah. beautiful. Yeah. She crab walks. So, <laughs> so um, she yeah, at, she then she quickly re-enters in clean clothes, and after a kind of a creepy little spiel from Thulu, uh, Thulu has Betty stripped down in the middle of the waiting room. Yeah, she's like, "Do we go to the office? It's natural light. That's how I go in my doctor. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, all right, let's do this, Doc. Um, and Kulu, Thulu actually. And don't, but we don't see any boobs here. We don't see Bay's boobs. We don't see any... Yeah, you never see her natural boobs. No, you don't. No. Thulu basically causes perfection and tells her that, only, that she can make only subtle changes, and those subtle changes would be giant tits. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, not subtle at all. I know. Um, I love this lady. She cracks me up so much. She fucking nails it for me, dude. She does it. I was... Yeah, I, I, try, I was hoping to remember this later, but I probably forget, but I'll say now... This Debbie Roshan, who plays Dr. Thulu, the last time we saw her on the show was, you weren't here, but it was when Chris Samples and I did Santa Claus, oh, and okay. that was fucking awful, but she was in that, mm-hmm. and she was she was bad, but she wasn't that bad, but but she, compared to this, like, nails, she crushes it in this, she right. does so good, such a good job compared to, Grand Santa Claus is 20 years ago, 96, and she's definitely she's aged. She's like and a some fine time. wine. She's she, aged, yeah. yeah. But she's definitely so much better in this one. Uh, so Betty says she'll think about it, and she leaves as Thulu and Herbert get into an argument over something. Uh, next, we get Betty's dream sequence of her at work, and all she sees is boobs everywhere, like mm-hmm. on all of her papers, her counters. Drawings boobs, boobs. of boobs. She pulls up a desk, and there's boobs written on her forms, boobs written on the cat. Cat That's, counter, the hang the in cat there. Cat says, hang in there, baby. There's just giant tits hanging <laughs> off the cat. on them. Um... <laughs> The boss comes in and gives every girl a promotion except for Betty. Tim's head pops up from behind a cubicle, saying, Not so fast. You're forgetting about the most qualified person here. Betty smiles, thinking that that Tim's standing up for her. But then he comes out from behind the cubicle, and we see that Tim now has giant tits. 
and the boss makes him the new company president. president. <laughs> kind of wish his tits were a little bigger. Yeah, they should have been bigger. Because at first I couldn't quite tell. I agree. Because like, he's kind of a hefty guy. I mean, yeah. He's, he's like, he's just like. Until he goes profile, exactly. you can't really tell. But it's like, fir- uh, <laughs> yeah, from f- f- straight on, like I don't get. It. And then yeah, he turns to the side, like, oh, he's got. Tits yeah, he's, now. he's he's a very soft individual. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll put it that way. He's not really fat, but he's definitely not in shape. He's, right. He just look, yeah, like, dad bod. A little, yeah, dad like, bod. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, Tim, uh, the boss makes the new company president. And the other girls get on their knees and start bowing, bowing down to him. Like, like the Ewoks bowing to C-3PO in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> or like Wayne's World, we're not worthy. Yeah. yeah. And he fires Betty on the spot for being flat-chested. Uh, we cut back to Betty in Kaufman's office again, telling him about the dream. And Kaufman, who is now sitting on the lap of the big-breasted, <laughs> big-breasted assistant who is now wearing a sexy nurse's uniform. Yes. Hello, nurse. Tells Betty that he lied earlier, and he says to her, get out, you breastless freak of nature. And at this point... They the, panned over to her, and she's got, like, complete, like a board very plainly seen yeah. underneath her shirt, and it's flat. So yeah. she's like, ah! So she even has less. Yes. She's literally flat as a board. And at this movie point, the movie turns into a full-on musical, complete with song, song and dance, dance. numbers. Uh, the music starts to play as Betty's co-workers enter in skimpy costumes. They all start singing the song to a song called Fun Bags. And even Kaufman and Tim get in on the action. And both Kaufman and Tim have tits in this scene as well. Everyone has tits. Everyone's got giant tits. Except for Betty. Except for Betty. And uh, just so you know what this is like, and we were talking about the music earlier, I actually am going to play this song for you. It's only about a minute and 40 seconds, so we're just going to play the whole thing. But enjoy Fun Bags. You just have to remember one little thing. I lied. Now get out of here, you breastless freak of nature. needs a pair of fun bags and you'll never be a fag hag they're clappy and slappy they make me very happy they make me want to bust out into song all you need's a pair of fun bags a pair of knockers to make dutch gag I'm scouting the mountains for lactose fountains memories to make Russ Meyer cry the sight of your breasts makes me quake I don't even care that they're fake. My heart and soul are yearning to feel. I know if I can touch them, they're real. Woohoo! All you need's a pair of fun bags, a pair of tatas that will not sag. We call them whoppers, poppers. Big gob stoppers, Godzilla's that will crush you in your sleep. All you need's a pair of fun bags, a leather teddy and a ball gag. Bazoomas, palookas, guns like bazookas, P.S. puppies pushing in your puss. How's that for alliteration? All you need's a pair of fun bags. 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 
So that's fun bags, everybody. I, uh, it's not that bad of a song again for this movie. It's pretty well done. It's catchy. It is catchy. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, they, they have some clever lyrics. I mean, a good line. I mean, it's it's fun. Uh, during the routine, though, I mean, their lip syncing is pretty off. Oh, it is <laughs> off. It's definitely off. <laughs> and it's... Their dancing is not inspired. Especially the girls. The <laughs> oh, girls yeah. the girls' lip sync is the Way worst. Off, yeah. Tim and Lloyd Kaufman actually do a pretty solid job. Right. But yeah, the girls are really bad. Um, after the song ends, we cut to Betty waking up in bed and we crossfade to Betty now on the operating table in Thulu's office. She's made the choice, she's, baby. She has made the choice. She's she's going right. she's going to Titty City. She- <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so she's on the opportunity of getting gassed, all that. Fade to black, and we fade back in on now a super-sized breasted Betty on the table being raised up like fucking Darth Vader at the right. end of Revenge of the Sith while Thulu and Herbert look on in glee. And now it turns into the scene from, like, the original Batman, Batman movie with, with Jack the Nicholson. Joker. Yeah, he's like, yeah. mirror, mirror. <laughs> So they hand her a mirror. She breaks the first one because it's not big. It's just a hand mirror. It's like, yeah. So they, then they roll like this big she standing goes, I mirror. I said mirror. And they, <laughs> they bring this big standing mirror so she can see her giant new tits. And uh, you just just like in Batman, you hear her start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> she get, yeah. She gets up and like stumbles out the stumbles room like out. laughing like And you Joker. can see her from the back and she's got, all she's wearing are panties. And you can't see her because she's got her back turned, but you can see the outside round. It's like the side tit. Oh, the side boobs. giant boobs. Yes. Um, so, um, Betty leaves the room laughing, and after she leaves, Thulu says, Mamar or Mamar lives or something like that or something like, you know. <laughs> and we cut to Betty waking up in bed with her new giant tits. She tosses out all of her boob enhancement drugs. Yep. Marks her boob chart, which is like off the charts now like, it's just says, like, and she writes hell yeah, yeah. with a pentagram around it <laughs> uh, I missed the pentagram part yeah. But yeah so at the office Tim notices that Betty is not there and so does the boss um, like where is she blah 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 but then Betty makes her big entrance in this black dress smoking a cigarette trying to look all seductive as soon as she takes her first step whoa uh, everyone freezes their jaws drop at the side of her giant boobs. And that game said, from here on out, every so often they make this physical gag of Betty losing her balance because, because she's adjusting to the new balance and the like, her weight center of, her of gravity is yeah. thrown off because of her giant tits. Yes. Uh, her boss instantly gives her the promotion, <laughs> which was originally going to go to Susan uh, or Sandra Dede. Uh, and Tim and Betty talk in Betty's new office about her new assets. And I do like how Tom says that they seem to have their own gravitational pull. Yeah. Um, they seem to tie the room together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did like that. Um, now, we outside, we the co-workers, they're talking. One mentions that she's wearing an underwire bra that's really driving her nuts and, like, hurting her boobs. They say something to the effect, this is the enemy of, the, of, of women's breasts. Something like or that. Or something yeah. like that, yeah. Uh, Betty comes out, gives them some shit like they used to give her. And uh, the girls are all like, oh, dissed. Yeah. You know, so she totally burns. Burn. Uh, and now we go to like a local diner where we meet these two detectives. One is the older experienced detective and the other one who is like, who's one week away from retirement, who's called Chief. 
Yeah, he keeps calling. There's the younger cop and the older cop. Yeah, and the younger cop the younger keeps calling him chief, chief and, and the other one keeps calling him kid. Exactly. And what do you know, ki- kid? What do you think, kid? And kid has always mentioned that he and his wife are trying to have a baby. It's so cliche. It's perfect. It is. Yeah. Because both of these characters are so well stereotypically documented throughout the annals of all detective shows. Oh, yeah. Detective movies. There, there's always the young rookie who's going to, ha- like, fucking I'm, lethal I'm, weapon I'm almost. starting a baby. <laughs> I'm starting a family. And you know he's going to die because they always seem so sappy. And the same guy who's always about to retire, he's only got die. one week to retirement. He always dies. Yeah. So it's like these classic cut-out you know, stereotypical detective characters right there. One's white, one's black. Yeah. You know, it's it's perfect. It, yeah, it really is. Um, the one thing I do like, I also found funny is during this conversation, Ch- Chief mentions that he's been doing this job longer than Kid's been alive. But Kid is really not that much younger than Chief, really. <laughs> so I do I thought that was funny. Um, but, the, yeah, and then they end the conversation like toasting the head. Here's the having long lives for both of us. Yeah. Like, they're just overselling the fact <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, they're, they're going to fucking die. die. <laughs> uh, we jump to Dutch's place where Dutch is on the couch watching TV. Betty enters wearing, like, this red dress, like, low-cut red mm-hmm. dress. And she wants to show off the new girls to Dutch. I do like that she comes up behind him and puts her titties on his head. He doesn't Because he, he doesn't say hi. He's yeah. still got his face, for, for, face forward looking at the TV. And she comes in and, like, Mickey Mouses him, basically, you know, <laughs> yeah. puts those titties on his head. And he's just like, get those bags off my head. That's heavy. What are you doing? <laughs> and she comes around and he's like, oh, dude. You're yeah. like, oh, my and, God. And he does, like, this giant over top spit take. Yeah. And uh, he's so enamored. He's just blown away by these tits. Yeah. Uh, turns out today is, today is their anniversary, which Dutch, of course, didn't remember. Of course he didn't forget it. Uh, Betty tells him that... He just blew his chance at sex, and they're just going to cuddle now. And begrudgingly, Dutch agrees, and they settle on the couch. But Dutch does the old arm wrap around, try to grab a boob Trying over the shoulder. Trying to feel them sweet new, what, memories? memories. Yeah, memories. Uh, but as his hand gets close to touching one of the boobs, he hears a growling noise. And thinking it's her stomach, he's like, hey, are you hungry or something? And she's like, no. So he tries again, and uh, again... Uh, more growling. More growling. And Betty's like, I'm not hearing anything. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. And after the third try of grabbing some tit and getting the growling noise, Dutch begins to freak out. And he's like, "There's okay, there's some kind of animal in this house. Or something. So he starts looking mm-hmm. around. The only animal in here is your box turtle. Yeah, it's a turtle. <laughs> uh, he settles down again, puts his arm around Betty. But this time, you know, she, she takes it off, his sh- off her shoulder. He's like, you know what? I'm still mad at you about tonight and all this. And so tonight you have to look with your eyes and not your hands. Until you learn some respect. So, Dutch's like, fine, fucking whatever. And we get, like, this time pass wipe right. transition. And Betty has now fallen asleep. She's out cold. Yeah, out cold next to Dutch on the couch. And, like, the classy motherfucker he is. Oh, super classy guy. It's that time, man. You got to feel them sweet mountainous yep. memories. That's where I was trying to go before. I just went memories. But, oh, why am I going to add a little something to it? Mountainous memories. There you go. Massive mountainous memories. There you go. Get that alliteration going. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, taking advantage of <laughs> he slides his hand like down her dress to feel some tit. And that's when he starts screaming, and we hear the sound like crunching and like biting. And he pulls his arm back out of her dress, and all that's there is a bloody stump. His hand's gone. Blood squirting out blood of it. Blood spraying Just everywhere. Guys, there's a blood shooting out. Yeah. And blood spraying everywhere. He screams. Betty wakes up, seeing this bloody stump. She, too, begins to scream. Dutch drops to his knees, screaming, You did this to me. You took my hand. This was so much cooler in Evil Dead 2. <laughs> 
Um, another time passing fade, and Betty sitting on the couch sobbing as the cop stands Completely over her. Completely distraught. Oh, yeah. And the two detectives from earlier, from the diner, they enter as Dush is carried out on an old military yeah. stretcher by men wearing military clothing and helmets, this... which is just fucking weird. <laughs> so, I, I know we're campy, I know we're silly, this is Killer Act, but this just didn't make any fucking sense. I agree. Like, I, er, they I, really missed it with this one. Yeah, like, I agree. The, the whole movie was like the perfect level of cheesy, campy, over the top. We know what we're doing, shtick. But I agree. This thing with the the two military medics or whatever taking around, I hated. Like, yeah, it, it was I just too much. I didn't like that either. That and, was, yeah, I I did not. Just you didn't need it. No, you didn't need it. It wasn't funny. It was more like distracting. Yeah, I totally I agree. Like, it what, it what, took what? it Whoa. takes you out of the yeah. Um, it's the one yeah one thing the, the sticky camp slapstick thing they went too far with and just right. it ruined it. Uh. So, anyway, Dutch is still screaming that this is our fault, and boobs are not, we're through. He breaks up with her. <laughs> right. So, the cop and the, 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 the uniform cop and the detective was talking about what happened. The cop tells him that even though Dutch said his hand was cut off, there's no sign of the hand, so the hand's gone. Right. There'd be, there'd be more blood on her if she was involved. There's just some blood on her dress, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, it looks like it's a bite mark. We suspect it's an animal. But the only animal that they found is Dutch's pet turtle. <laughs> Uh, and we cut to Betty walking home in her blood-covered dress. She walks past Gears and Tickbite, who are still on the corner catcalling women. This time, they actually hit on her. They're, they're catcalling Betty. And Betty is like in this post-trauma stupor Yeah, she's days. like PTSD'd out. She's yeah. just like got that thousand-yard stare. Exactly. You know, like cause she just saw some shit, and she, she's having a hard time processing it. And so she she's kind of moves on. She opens the door to her apartment building and comes face to face, or should I say, tit to tit, with a giant titty gypsy woman. Dude, these tits are just long titties. It's so weird the way she's like she's got this high waisted shirt or pants on that's pushing her tits. No, up. it's like a gypsy dress. Yeah, it's like but this. it's like up and out. You know, <laughs> just like long, like they look like footballs or something. It's so weird looking. They're huge, they're long. Tits. I mean, they're like F's or something. Right. I mean, they're Massive. And uh, so the gypsy woman warns Betty that she's in danger, but Betty kind of blows her off. But the gypsy laughs and says, You will need me, and gives Betty her business card. You know what? Call me when you're finally ready or whatever. Cut to Betty in bed. She sits up, apparently sleepwalking now. Yeah, her head's completely turned to the side. Yes. Like she's eyes are closed, but her body's getting up and she's moving. Yeah, she gets out of bed, heads back outside wearing sunglasses and a trench coat. Um, she goes up to Gears and Tickbite and starts flirting with them and trying to seduce them. However, her voice has changed, and when she talks, we clearly see that her mouth isn't moving at all. Yeah, it's, it's, there's no, not even an attempt no, to no move attempt. her lips. Just she's got the sunglasses on and completely out cold, head to the side, as a voice is coming out of her body. Yes. <laughs> somewhere. Uh, Guess where? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she asks if either one of them is man enough for her, and she heads down this alley. Gears decides that he's going to go first, and tick, but Tick Bites all. He's so he's like, dude, I'll totally take sloppy seconds with her. You know, I'll no take problem. Sloppy fits. That's yeah. fine. Uh, Gears goes down the alley as Tick Bite cranks up the volume on his boombox, blaring the heavy metal even louder. And we hear this crunching sound and screaming coming from the alleyway. A bloody Gears tries to like pull himself out of the alley. He wraps his hands around the edge of the the building, yeah. trying to pull himself out. All you can see is his head going. Ah! He's kind of screaming, but the music's so loud 
The other guy doesn't notice. Yeah, even though he's like two feet away, or yeah. less than two feet. Um, so he's pulled back in the alley, and then we get a close-up of Tick Bite, and we see Betty covered in blood kind of r- rise up behind him. She wraps her arms over and around his shoulders. and Kind tick- of sweetly. You know, yeah, kind of like giving him a reverse hug or something like that. And Tick Bite's, oh, that feels good. And that's when we hear another crunch and some other like wet, gross sounds. And that's when the camera zooms out and we see blood shooting out Tick Bite's man boobs. <laughs> He's screaming as blood sprays just, out his nipples just everywhere. shooting out like a fire hose. Yeah. And <laughs> so that's it. We cut back to Betty in bed. Her tits are even larger now. I mean, they are insanely big. But they begin to deflate like Tom Brady footballs <laughs> back down to their normal enhanced size. Zing. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, while they deflate, we hear the tits like purring. Yeah. They're, like, or cooing or something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the next day, Betty's in her office. And her desk is just covered in all this free shit that people are giving yeah, her now that she's, she's got, got giant big old titties, titties and you get free stuff. Did you ever do that? No. Did you ever, like, yeah, I, I, I never did that. I never, like, I worked retail. I worked, like, at stores and stuff. And I had opportunities to give Yeah, free but at the same time, like, the retail stores we work at were, like, I don't want to say high ticket items, but, like, were things we could easily give yeah. away. Like, when you work at, like, journeys and stuff, you can't just give away a pair of shoes. Sneakers, easy. It's not yeah. like, here's a cup of coffee. No one's going to know us. That's true. It, like, yeah. So... Good point. Um, but she also had like flowers and like uh, donuts and cupcakes. Yeah, like, and, but again, those are like, like so easy things yeah, you can yeah, give away. Yeah. Uh, so uh, blah, blah, blah. It, t- Tim enters, bringing her more coffee, even though she has about a dozen, like said, yeah. dozen cups on her desk. He brings in the coffee. He's like, oh. But she still takes his coffee and, and drinks says, it. And then she's just like, ah, oh, thank you. No, I tell you how much I love you. you? Yeah, same Not thing. enough. Um, so she tells him that she woke up this morning feeling very satisfied, even though last night was awful. And he tells about Dutch losing his hand and being dumped by him. And she mentions that she's going out tonight with the work ladies for the first time. Like, hey, we're, I'm fine. First going time out. hanging out with him because yeah. she's got tits. Exactly. <laughs> and we cut to the detectives now arriving at the scene of the gears and tick bite where, where, where they mm-hmm. were murdered. Uh, the detectives again remind us that Chief's one week away from... Yeah. He's reiterate the same thing. Same thing. thing. Oh, yeah. Why does it have to happen I'm one week we, away from retirement? Like, oh, this is interfering with me trying to have a baby with my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just constantly reminding. Yeah. And we jump to some bar where the girls are all there hanging out. They're drinking. They're dancing. And here we meet the sleazy lounge lizard who hits on every single woman he sees. Tim also happens to be there drinking at the bar by himself. Talking to the bartender about Dude, Betty. Dude, the cops are there too that we just saw at the the crime scene. Yeah. Dude, the whole cast is there basically. Pretty much, yeah. Basically, it's the whole cast. Yeah, there's like, like three cops at a table playing Russian roulette with, with a gun. semi-automatic <laughs> gun. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a real cop unless you play Russian roulette with a semi-automatic. You're just dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Yeah. But then they spin the gun around like, yeah. like kiss the bottle yeah, or spin, spin the, the bottle. bottle. Yeah. yeah. But bottom. everyone's dancing, having a great time, and we meet this sleazebag guy who I fucking loved. <laughs> yeah. Love I can see guy. you loving him. Oh, of course I do. Uh, uh, but anyway, the bartender like tells him, like, hey, you know what? You need to make your move on her before somebody else does. And he's giving her the good he's giving Tim the good advice. Betty goes to the bar and actually spills Tim's drink on Tim's crotch. With which, her giant tits. Which, yeah. But she turns around and bumps him, knocks the glass out of his hand. Exactly. And just causes Tim, like, oh, I have to go leave and you know, I gotta, clean, I gotta clean this up. Yeah. yeah, I'll be right back. 
So that opens the door for Sleazy Lounge Lizard to step on up and start hitting on Betty. He's had so many shitty lines for people. He's just like, did, did, angels, did, did heaven lose an angel because I just want to have sex with you? And one girl's <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I'm like, I love this guy. Because <laughs> it just takes one. Just, just takes, takes one. Just, like, yeah. All you need is just one. Just one. Hey, man. Like Wayne, Babe Gretzky, Ruth. like Wayne Gretzky said, yes. you miss 100% of the shots you never take. Yes. <laughs> Babe Ruth re- led the rings in strikeouts, too, you know? <laughs> so Tim comes out of the bathroom and sees sleazy guy kind of flirting with and hitting on Betty. but And he's and Betty's kind of, like, reacting to this thing. And he's like, oh. So, and then he... Mwah, mwah. Yeah. Betty like, leaves the guy and tells one of her friends that she's there with... That she has to go. But the blonde's like, okay, fine, I'll go with you. But first, I have to go tell this jerk something. So we think she's going to go tell off the sleazy lounge lizard. But instead, she's like, here's my number. And, you know, call me, basically. Mm, my vagina's ticklish. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just gets, yeah. He, yeah, it's the setup line. Because he t- asked Betty if she's ticklish. And like, I bet I know where you're ticklish. She whispers in her ear. And Betty's like, my vagina is not ticklish. And everybody like, in the bar is super loud. Yeah, everybody in the bar is freezing and look yeah. at her. So another time wipe transition. They love wipes. In yes, they do. Um, the bar is pretty much empty at this point. The lounge closing time. It's closing Ugly time. Ugly lights are coming on. And the lounge lizard is still there. He's hitting on a woman who we saw earlier, Miss Santiago, who got her nose job done from <laughs> Doctor Thulu's. Like she was. She, she earlier in the movie, she also got catcalled by uh, Tick and Gears and Tick Ge- Bite. Gears and Tick Bite. And so we see her occasionally. And she's now she's at this bar. She's got more bandages on her face yeah. and like goo is coming out underneath it and it squirts out into a drink. Well, she sneezes and I just like, giant like wad of like pink goo just flies out into his drink. But she's like speaking in Spanish, she's like yes, it fuck fine, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'll you know she's saying yeah, I'll bang you or something. Like that. Yeah. Like, but then she sneezes the goo. I'm like oh, excuse me for a second. Un momento, un momento. So she goes off and. The loungers are that's he kind of turns the follower and then he turns around completely like oh boom, there's Betty again but in her sleep sleepwalking trance. It's same thing. Sunglasses, uh, trench, trench coat, sunglasses, sunglasses, and he just she just straight up grabs his dick and is like okay yeah and basically just leads him out of the bar by his crotch. <laughs> We cut back to her place where, for the first time, we finally get to see finally the super tits. I know. I'm like, I'm like waiting for this the whole time. I mean, this is a movie called Killer Wreck. I know, and there's like only there's only one set of and actual boobs. We haven't seen, seen any boobs yet. No, none. And I'm like, okay, what? The, where's the payoff? Come on, exactly. Now. So we find these super kits, and I will say they did a really good job of making them look pretty real. I gotta agree. And like, I never, I was looking to it. I, Me I never too. Saw, like, well, because for dudes, of course we're looking. Well, I was looking for like the, the like the prosthetic, like where the yes. where the prosthetic meets the skin, like yes. the lines, yes. the marks. None. So either they did a hell of a job covering them up, or like going in with like afterwards and like mm-hmm. airbrushing, even, airbrushing stuff, them out yeah. or whatever, or they like I don't know, but they did a great job with these. Yeah, super they fake just look like gigantic. Yeah. Fake titties. Really good know, job with Well this. done. Uh, Betty drops to her knees, undoes the guy's zipper. She reaches over to turn out the lights. And in the dark, you know, basically she's going to give him a BJ. And in the dark, we had a man say, like, oh, yeah, that feels good. You really know how to use both of your mouths. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and then all we hear is screaming along with more crunching and biting <laughs> noises. Yeah. The lights come back on. We see Betty lying on her chest in bed. 
Again, her giant tits deflate, and she like slowly lowered down to where her head touches the pillow as they purr and coo. It's like the Birdman from uh, uh, No Limit. <laughs> was it? Uh, was it No Limit Army? Who's the Master P had his crew? That was No Limit. Yeah, No Limit, and uh, or he was a hot boy. The Birdman was. He always did like lugs commercials and stuff. Oh, that he fucker! A, yeah, you hated him. I did. <laughs> But he would do that. <laughs> Maybe Birdman's living in her titties. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a hot boy. That's what it is. He was a hot boy. So she wakes up confused and says, like, why do I taste cologne? Which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, did he, you ever put cologne in your crotch? I never put cologne in my I dick. I did sometimes. Did you really? Yeah. I never did because I figured if I was going to get lucky, like, I wouldn't want a girl to have that in her mouth because that would be, like, it could be poisonous. It could be bad for her. Poisonous. It could taste bad. Like, I don't want... Poison you with my cock. (laughs) Well, I'm saying you're not going to drink alone. I'm not saying you get enough to be poisoned, but, like, it can't taste good. You don't want that effect on your... Oh, man, I tell you. I'd always do, like, one spray in there. I'd go, like, (laughs) one on the wrist, rub together, one on the back of the neck, one on the chest, and then one on the crotch. (laughs) Did it ever work? I don't know. Probably not. I don't do that anymore, but I used to. That was, oh my, that was my move, man. That was your move. All right, so the door <laughs> the door buzzer goes off. Betty answers the door, and there's the two detectives again. And they want to ask her some questions about the now-missing gears and tick bite. Uh, they comment on how distracting her giant tits are. And oh, yeah, this is where we learn their names. Then they come over and they introduce themselves, their actual names. Yeah, which I don't even remember. Bartles and James. That's right. Thank you. Bartles and James. Detective I should remember. Detective Bartles and Detective James. Yeah. Which, which is a wine cooler yeah, from they're wine like coolers. the 80s. <laughs> Do they still make Bartles and James? I think so, but I don't know like, anybody like except like maybe middle-aged older women that drink it. Or, or I just remember the commercials. Like yeah. in the 80s, they had these really like fun little commercials with these two really old guys. But they were they were they were like selling they were like and then he's like Bartles and James it goes down smooth and it's really good and there's like an old fatter guy and a tall one the tall one's always was always quiet it was like a very Abbott Costello yeah he's just like he's like we really hope you enjoy these and thank you for your support and he would say that at the uh, end of like every commercial uh, who was the other not Abbott Costello but there was another comedy dude that one was a really tall skinny guy that was a fat guy yeah when there was I a, can't yeah. remember that their names right off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I can't believe I forgot Bottles and James. Yeah, which is funny James. again because last week we had Rogers and Hammerstein. Yes, and now yeah, we have Bottles yeah, and James. James. Uh, so they also tell her that the patron, a patron from the bar she was at last night, has also gone missing, referring to uh, the lounge lizard. Uh, afterwards, they leave her apartment. They talk outside for a bit. And uh, here, this is where they... Uh, I mean, that, just really quick, I'm sorry. That scene was kind of funny because it, it just... It, it is was a it, decent scene. Yeah, but pretty, I can't... I'm not going to sit and recite, yeah, recite every, every line. line. But it's it just kind of another thing about like just how, just how this movie was fun. Yeah, and it's surprisingly well-written. In, for a, a, in a scene that's kind of a gloss-over scene. It yeah. still had... It still kept my attention. Yeah, there are still some good writing moments, and like, it was still, like yeah, done very well yeah. for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very self-aware of what they were making. They're making this. camp, yeah. Uh, so and, and Chief's like, you know what? You know, there's something more going on here than what it seems. You know, he, he's starting to, you know, mm-hmm. figure things out. And we cut to Betty, who's now at a gypsy woman's place. And the gypsy's like, you know, I sense great evil inside you. And she does a tarot card reading. And each card that comes up has something to do with tits. Yeah. We have the two of cups, the two of moons, two of orbs. <laughs> The two of owls, aka Hooters, right? 
the and then like the two of melons, which Jim's like, that's not even a real card. How yeah. does he even get in here? Yeah. <laughs> then she pulls out an Uno card and says, draw two. Draw two. It's got a giant D on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we go to Betty. She's walking outside where she bumps into Sandra DD. And Sandra says, like, hey, we should hang out tonight at my place. And I have a hot tub and blah, blah, blah. And we have a lot in common now. And she's like referring to their large tits. <laughs> And Betty has a sudden shift in like personality. She's like, yeah, and she she agrees, saying yes, we do. And so the way she's talking is different. She, she's changed her personality, so you get the impression that she is now under the spell. Under of the, the influence, yeah, yes. And she's like, let's unite forces, and the two of them head off for Sandra's place. We cut to the two of them sitting in Sandra's hot tub. Betty is still talking weird, wearing like this big old bright neon green shirt, <laughs> while Sandra sits there in her little bikini, and. She tells Sandra that she has the tells Sandra that she has the qualities that she's in need of, and perhaps she might be useful to her plan. Sandra's like she's intrigued by this. She's like, "All right." Betty wants Sandra to pledge herself as her minion, yeah. and Sandra's like, "Agrees, thinking that this means like, oh, you mean like an assistant position at the right, office? Right. Okay, I'm okay with that." And uh, and Betty says, "But before they continue, she must see Sandra." And so Sandra takes off her bikini top, and this is where we finally get the first pair of actual tits in the movie. Uh, but it turns out her tits are not as big as we all expected them to be, or they seemed. So disappointed. And upset Betty says, what are those? <laughs> and we see, like, two booby enhancers floating in the water. Those chicken cutlets. Yeah. I don't know. I've I always called them. Called. I've always called them chicken cutlets. It's like these little things that kind of go under the yeah, tits. Yeah, like I think that just, silicone, that just push, yeah. push them up, and it makes them look like the boobs full underneath while it's pushing the yeah. boobies up on top. I don't know what they're called. I always just called them chicken cutlets. I, I love it, but I, yeah, yeah. booby enhancers. Um, so Sam's like, whatever. These are still a great pair of knockers. Men and women love them, and they're all natural. I mean, they're nice boobs. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, it's boobs. But yeah, there's your shock. So I was disappointed because she does have like she's all been, the pictures. She's been she advertising huge, giant titties. Yeah. And I'm like, here we go. Sweet. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so they throw you the curve. <laughs> bum, 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 uh, but I wish I had a sound effect. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Betty says that Sandra will pay for her lies. And with that, Betty lifts up her shirt and places it over Sandra's head. Uh, and this pulls Sandra's head and face right into Betty's boobs. Sandra begins to scream as her arms are flailing about, and the sounds of crunching and biting are heard. And blood and squishies. As and, yeah. Betty enters like this trance-like state again. We, once again, we cut back to Betty waking up, confused and scared in her bed, wearing the now blood-soaked T-shirt. Uh, we she we cut to her at the office, and she feels Tim in on what she thinks has happened. And she tells him that, you know, what she might have done. She's like, I think I might have done something to Sandra. Tim tells her, like, oh, no, she called in sick days. She's fine. And Betty's like, what? What are you talking about? And yeah. she, so she pulls up this voicemail uh, that Sandra left, which is obviously not Sandra at all. It's but everyone so falls. It's, it's comically bad. Yeah. And, but everyone, of course, falls for it, which is hilarious. It's funny. It just fits right in with this movie. We skip ahead to that night where Tim is walking Betty home. They're chatting. Um, when they get to Betty's apartment, she's like, you know, she says that she knows that Tim has a crush on her. She's like, I know this. And like, hey, you're my best friend and all, but I want to enhance our relationship. Mm-hmm. And with that, she kisses him and invites him upstairs. In her apartment, she mounts him on the couch, 
but Tim wants to slow things down. So she gets up, gets some wine. While she's in the kitchen, Tim tells her that he once got a psychic reading from this gypsy woman <laughs> who knew that he was a virgin. Yeah. Uh, hearing that Tim is a virgin, Betty's tits like come to life and then start to like pull her like, towards yeah, him like a yeah. tractor beam. But she like she tries to fight it and she claps her boobs like her arms over her boobs and she falls to the floor. I like your little outfit here. I don't know. For some reason, I thought she was looking kind of hot here. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with you on that. Um, hearing her fall, Tim rushes in to help. And, but when he turns the corner, there's Betty. This stand- is actually, I like this shot because he stands up and he's running and the camera's right behind him. It looked like a good action scene shot. Yeah. I thought it was like, they don't do anything like that ever else no, in the movie. No, they really but don't. But I like that shot a lot. Uh, but there's Betty standing in the doorway seductively, you know, and she forcibly comes on to Tim at this point. She's getting really aggressive. She's like, she tells him, don't be scared. You know, it's going to be fine, but I'm not going to be gentle. Yeah. And she's like, she has him say that she can do whatever she wants to him. He's like, sure. Tim okay. agrees. And Betty's he like, says, I love you. And she's like, of course mm-hmm. you do. You want to know why? And that's and Tim's like, yeah, because I love you, Betty. And this snaps Betty out of her trance. Yeah. She begins to realize that something is going on with her and that's not right. So she tells Tim that you, know, you got to go, but I'll make it up to you later. Just yeah. trust me. You have yeah. to leave. So we cut to Betty entering Thulu's office, demanding to see Dr. Thulu. Nurse Herbert, who now has a giant hump on his back. Like Igor. Igor ass, like yeah, begrudging. Like, like hunchback of Notre Dame style. Yeah, he's like fine, where he goes off to get Thulu. Betty asks, like, what happened to him? And Herbert tells her, oh, I got I, I cut stealing office supplies. supplies. But he's like, it's not that bad, though. Last time she gave me prehensile eyeballs. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> but it works. It fits. Why fun. not? Yeah. Herbert finds Thulu in the operating room, giving herself, like, anesthesia gas. Giving herself, like, laughing gas or anesthesia. She's laying there Which, again, love it. Yes, I love Thulu. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Thulu is thrilled to see that the boobs have taken so well to Betty. Betty tells her there's something seriously wrong with them. So, Thulu wants to examine them, but Betty warns her not to touch them. But Thulu's like, whatever, trust me, I'm a doctor. Right. Thulu starts filling up the tits. Kind of bopping him on the side. And she like, can't punch them, like little jabs on the side. And then she really starts groping him, feeling him up. Goes around the, from the back, feeling him up, like lifting him up and bouncing him up and down. And then she, <laughs> but then, that's when she like, really starts grabbing, groping. Mm. And she's like, she's getting into it. Like she's yeah. getting turned on by this. And uh, and so, and she ends and she comes around to the front bed and like straight on kisses Betty. Yeah. She's like all horned up. And then Betty's like, wait, stop. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, this is a. <laughs> And she and Thulu tells Betty that this is exactly what she was hoping for, and then Thulu goes in like this questionnaire, which ends with her asking if Betty yeah. has been feeding them. She asks like the stereotypical side yeah. effects of just about anything. Have you been having headaches? Have you been feeling nauseous? Have you and then have how well have you been feeding them? Yeah, and she's like what? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, confu- uh, confused Betty demands to know what's going on, so Thulu confesses. Everything. You know, I'm a loyal follower of the Elder Gods of Darkness, and that for so long they have been searching for the perfect avatar. Thulu goes on to say that she's been experimenting by implanting Mamora's spawn in women for many years, searching for the perfect vessel because Mamora needs a sacrifice, but its victims need to be drawn to it for it to feed, but it must be powered by a pure heart. And Betty's like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> and Thule's just like, because you asked me. 
<laughs> At least she's got morals, yeah. <laughs> ethics, uh, good ethical standing yeah, of the position. Uh, so Thulu goes on to say that it's starting to take complete control of Betty now, and that the more it kills, the more powerful it becomes. Betty says, no, that I'm still in control. And Thulu tells her, no, like the next time someone is attracted to you or comes to you in lust, they will take control. Betty freaks out. She, she rushes out of the office. And we cut to her in her office now. Covering herself up, like she's wearing like this big like scarf overhead, and it's yeah. like covering. She's trying to cover up her tits as best as possible. She's got like a babushka kind of head scarf on. Yeah, yeah. Like, and she's looking up killer boobs on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> she's trying to like Google killer boobs. First thing, porn, porn, porn. You know. And uh, in comes her boss. After some banter, he invites her to his office, where he pours her a drink out of a camouflaged bottle, bottle? which yeah. is really weird. Like I've never seen any kind of liquor bottle like so camouflaged. I I. At the very end of the credits, I noticed it said, you know, like products place their own stuff in there. And it's some specific kind of vodka. It's like killer vodka or demon vodka. I have to look it back up again, but I noticed it was like a specific type of vodka. Weird. I, I know he missed it, but it's, I'm, yeah. it's really odd. Because like, it was clear liquor. I thought for sure it'd be like a scotch or something. Yeah, I thought it was scotch or so, yeah, bourbon I'm, or something. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing that was the vodka. That makes sense. Again, an odd Camouflage choice Camouflage bottle. Yeah. yeah. And an odd choice to have there. Like a scotch would make much more sense. Or if you're going to have vodka, you know, give it a little splash of yeah, some I'd flavor. Yeah, I'd say like just straight know? vodka. Nobody, I don't know many people who drink straight vodka. I mean, there's some, but it's I mean, there's odd. Some, it's a yeah. real odd choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, unless you're Russian, I don't know. I guess, yeah. Alex, Alexi, if you ever hear yeah. this lesson, are you drinking straight? <laughs> you, you drinking straight vodka? Um, so um, he tells her that it was her attitude, not her boobs, that got her her promotion. And continuing on, he tells her that one must have a persona, and that he's really not this bumbling, aloof executive that everyone thinks he is. And he's not the moron that doesn't know his employees' names, nor a pervert who promotes people based on their boob size. And then Betty just passes the fuck out, just out cold. Mm-hmm. And the boss says, I'm a pervert who roofies his employees and takes <laughs> naked pictures of them for future enjoyment. He's pulling a Cosby. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've watched so many horror movies and weird B-movies. Is this one of our first roofie moments? Uh, I can't really. If we, if we have, I'm there's sure we've very had few. I'm sure we've had some. I'm sure we've had, maybe had one or two, but, man, there are very few. This one kind of, like, jumped out at me for some reason. I was like, man, we haven't had roofie stuff happen uh, before. Yeah. So now he pulls out a camera, starts t- snapping off pictures. But he's like, fuck this. He goes and he wants to fill up Betty's boobs. And Betty wakes up and like in her trance mode. She's all like, you know, zoned out. And the boss is in a boob, f- boob fork state. Like instead of euphoric, yeah. Yeah. boob fork, get <laughs> it? Boob fork boob state. Fork state. And thinks, he's like, oh, they're smiling at me. <laughs> and that's when the boobs attack. Uh, the boobs begin roaring as they eat the boss, starting with his hands and working their way up his arms. You don't really see this, yeah. but it's implied because he's like moving towards he's the moving camera. T- yeah, he's getting yeah. chopped towards. Uh, we fade away to what's supposed to be Betty's street in front of her apartment, but it's just an alley in an industrial area. There's no yeah. street here. It's just a yeah. large alleyway. And there's like dozens of people just standing around just hanging, hanging out around. in the street. Yeah, it's like a fucking block party, but there's no block party. It's just <laughs> random people just, standing right. around. It's like none of these people look like they should be hanging out together ever. Yeah. Um, I do like here how the movie makes fun of itself for exactly what we just said. Yeah. Because some random old man walks up to some other guy and he's like, what are all these people doing here? And the other guy's like, looks like they're setting up for a third act climax. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so with that... We cut to a blood-covered Betty walking down the street, approaching the crowd. 
Only this time we finally see the demonic tits in all their cheap B-movie glory. And these tits look so ridiculous that it's comically <laughs> awesome. They've ripped through her shirt and where the areolas and nipples would be have now been replaced with giant gaping fanged lined mouths. Yes. Perfect way. And they're just they're You can tell there's like a hand, they're hand puppet operated. I believe <laughs> whenever they zoom in on them, cause they're like, rah, 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 rah. yeah, they barely open and close just these plastic. And when you look like, at from directly on, they almost look like, a, like a catfish mouth with fangs. Right, it's really right. wide, and you see like the, the yeah, ribs. Yeah. Or the, uh, um, so Betty walks right into the middle of the crowd. Everyone gasps. The women call her a slut for having her tits out, while the men's jaws drop and are in complete awe of her tits, even though they're clearly even though they're terrifying. Demon tits. <laughs> they're terrifying. Everybody's just like, whoa, <laughs> boobs, man, boobs. We do get the line killer rack yeah. from somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah, after some catcalling by several of the guys, Betty takes off her sunglasses and says, Boob smash! Yeah, it's like she's hulking out. <laughs> yeah. She stands with her arms outside and she's... <laughs> and the camera's spinning around in circles. And she's snarling. And she's, and she's staying in the middle of this crowd. Like she's about to do like a dance battle or something in this middle of this crowd. <laughs> and then this random ginger just... That's where yeah. he starts, oh, kill a rack, man. Rack. And with that, let the massacre begin. begin. Betty grabs the ginger by his head and forces it down into her tits. Like motorboat style. Yeah, straight motorboat style. And that's when it sounds like a chainsaw or like a, a gas-powered uh, uh, weed whacker yeah. or her as his face just gets shredded by the killer boobs. Just blood flying everywhere. Blood spray All up. over yeah. some of the people who were there. That the cr- killer rack song is playing. Yeah, the, yeah. Some of the crowd looks on shock. Some scream. Blood sprays nearly on all of the fa- everybody's face. Betty pulls the ginger's body away, and all we see now is a bloody is, stump. just like a bloody stump where his head was. She drops the body. So now Betty starts killing everyone she can get her hands or tits on, I should say. <laughs> Some run- are able to run away. Others just stand there watching in shock. Betty turns to one man and asks him if he's got milk, and then like a fucking fire hose her tits shoot milk out onto the man's face but oh no not just any milk not just milk oh no 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 this is acidic milk that melts the man's face <laughs> the man stands there screaming in pain and he's like not again <laughs> which made me chuckle i'm sorry i was like Really? When did this happen before? Has this happened before? <laughs> what the hell, man? I wonder. We need to look it up if that guy's been in a movie where something like this has happened. Because I, I, I have... I don't think... I think it's just a something descriptive or fun. It might be, but I, I I have something that might tie into it Well, that towards the end. So, if you remember... Yeah, I, I will. Uh, Betty grabs another man. This one yells like, you know, let get away from me and cause her a hellish sea creature. Hellish she creature. Betty says, oh, such hard work, harsh words. Let's hug it out. So she pulls him in tight. The tits burrow <laughs> into the man's chest. But again, oh, no, that's not, not all. Just, not just burrow. Oh, no, 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 no. Now giant long tentacles with fanged mouths on them come ripping through the man's back. It's <laughs> some really bad CGI but I glory. I love every second of it. Oh, man. The tentacles whip around for a bit before retracting back into the tits. And Betty drops the dead man's body to the ground. And like I said, the tentacles look awesomely bad. Like, I <laughs> love them. Uh, now these three cops show up. They aim their guns at Betty. Betty turns around. And now 
for some reason she basically like a, growls at him yeah but she has this random guy's severed head like in her cleavage just like the tits yeah. like holding the yeah, severed holding head up the severed head between her tits and yeah. she punches the head out of her tits and this scares the cops so they much they'll they, run away they turn and run away like bitches <laughs> <laughs> they run away screaming so now we get some close-ups of the demon tits and we see their mouse moving and they're growling and the bartender from before runs up to this like pretentious man in a white suit and scarf He's like, you gotta run, man. He's he's applauding. He's like, oh, the this man is in the great. white scarf. This yeah. is fantastic. And the man in white just stands there clapping, saying that this woman represents the oppressed female majority, cashing off her bonds and striking back against a sexist male society. That this is street art at its finest. The bartender tells her it's not street art. She's <laughs> she devouring just, she people. She just tore that guy's head off. <laughs> and the man in white plays, this is gritty in your face art. And while he says that, he, he I love this. He's like, this is gritty in your face. He does like the John Cena. John you Cena can't like see face. me. <laughs> you can't see me hand gesture. Uh, the bartender ends up running away, leaving the man in white to stand there watching and clapping. And he ends up pulling like a, like a no and or his cell phone. I'm going like, to rewrite my review right now. now. And then just gets covered in blood. He's got really blood. weird hands. He does so weird. little. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love he's like tap, 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 tap. Exclamation point. And then just splash with blood. Yeah. Which doesn't seem to bother him. At all. Um, so next is some blonde woman who for some reason is still just standing there like behind Betty. Like tells Betty that she should be ashamed of herself. Betty turns around to face her. The blonde goes on saying, cover yourself up. Walk around with your dirty pillows exposed for the world to see. Dirty pillows. I've heard that before. I have. I think it was in one of these horrible horror movies, Dirty Pillows. (laughs) And she's like, you're just a shameless disgrace to the whole gender. And Betty does not take kindly to those words. No, she doesn't. Uh, The tentacles slither back out from their demon tit mouse. (laughs) One wraps around the woman's waist, the other around her neck. And the tentacles lift the woman off the ground. They shake her back and forth for, for a bit before launching her to the to a side where we hear like this sickening, wet, thudding it's smack. so bad. <laughs> as her body hits something off screen, my guess being like the side of a building or something. The tentacles retract back into the boobs. Next up comes one of Betty's female co-workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the co-worker just shouts at Betty that, you know, I never liked you anyway. Again, probably not the best thing to say to her right now. She gets into a fighting stance. She pulls, yeah, she, yeah. she brings up her dukes like she's going to fight the bitch. But she's not ready for the demon boobs to use her face like a speed bag. <laughs> I know. This is where it gets really strange. It gets fucking bonkers. I mean, it's a pretty bonkers, but it gets even crazier from here on out. Uh, the boobs, like, grow. And we like, kind of get a POV shot from Betty, like what yeah. Betty can see. And the boobs just kind of launch out and start like, boom, boom, one, two, one, two, yeah. boom, boom, like, boom. Use her face like, as a speed bag. It's like roping open her face. And she, so she's beaten down and she's, she falls over. Next, a cop and the two detectives show up ordering Betty to put her breast up in the air where they can see him. <laughs> and the chief says, yep, what? just what I expected. An innocent girl possessed by Lovecraftian creature looking to subjugate humanity to its unholy will. The uniformed cop gets hypnotized by the boobs. Yeah. Step away. <laughs> I think his name was Get Mahoney. Away from, like or Ma- Mahoney or Ma- yeah. Malone. Yeah, something like Malone, that. Malone. Maloney. Maloney. Yeah. 
And he's like, I just, I love him. <laughs> and, yeah, Can't take my eyes off. And him. just like they were punching, like the boobs again, like Mister Fantastic or something like that. Yeah, just like so sh- they grow out and they grab the guy by the head and just the boobs <laughs> snap the man's neck, killing God. him. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just have the visual of watching that again in my head. It's like it's so it's ridiculous. So ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, now kid steps up and opens fire on the tits. The tits catch all the bullets in their mouth, chews them up, and then spits them back out, kid, with such force that they just kill him. Just that remind me of Killjoy, kind of. Like yeah. Killjoy got shot up a whole bunch, and he shot the bullets back out of his mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Killjoy. Yeah. Um, suddenly, Tim shows up, saying, you don't want them, you want me. In a sweet members-only jacket. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, the members-only. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, man. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Betty turns, walks up to Tim. Tim says, if you want me, I need to see her. Betty needs to be here. I need to see her before I die. So with that, Betty kind of, the tits seem to kind of release her hold. Betty kind of comes back. Tim tells her that he missed her, that he always misses her when she's not around. Betty tells him the same thing, that she loves him. They kiss. Tim says, okay, I'm ready to die now. And the tits kind of take back over. Betty seems to go back into her possessed trance. She grabs him by the face, but she glances to the side and sees an empty coffee cup on the ground. And this sparks all the fond memories of Tim bringing her coffee they're, every day. Yeah, their banter again. Yeah, and I we tell and you we, I love you. Not enough. Not enough. Or, yeah, yeah, same we get thing. All, we mm-hmm. hear that, all that. And these memories snap her out of the trance again, and she begins to fight back against the demon tits. <laughs> She tells the tits that she has learned to lift and separate. And with that, she grabs the, her tits, screams, and she fucking rips the demon tips off of her or out of her. And she falls to the ground seemingly dead. Right. <laughs> so she rips her she tits rips off. She rips her tits off. She rips her tits off. Yeah. And Tim kneels down next to a now shirtless Betty. But again, he's blocking her so we don't see anything. Yeah, he's blocking the angle. As yeah. we see the tits crawl away with, under what's left of, of her Betty's shirt. shirt. <laughs> and Tim covers Betty up. With, or, a, with a sweet members only jacket. Yes. You have to say sweet members only jacket. You do. Yeah. It's like a law. <laughs> uh, the tits crawl away, but they run into the feet of Chief. Who who says like I said before I've always been an ass man you look and you look pretty demonic how about some rosary beads suddenly kid springs back to life fucking love this line. <laughs> I love this too so, suddenly kid springs back to life and shouts no you never show beads to boobs haven't you ever been to Mardi Gras <laughs> <laughs> and then he dies again <laughs> fucking love that line loved it too absolutely loved it. So the tattered remains of Betty's shirt get tossed on the chief's face. When he pulls it off, the boobs are gone. He can't find them. He looks over, finds the boobs are now perched on top of a garbage can. And on one of the garbage cans, spray painted in neon green paint are the words street trash. Street trash, Tromaville, Frankenhooker, and something else. I don't remember what it was, but something else was on there. The reason, this is where my callback is, the guy who got sprayed with the milk and his face started melting. Street Trash was a melt movie. Was yeah. he in Street Trash? I, I, I wonder. Like, we, I we don't probably think had to do so. I didn't I, think about it till I saw it. I saw it before it came. I saw it today. You know, so I didn't get a chance to, like, look it up. But that's kind of like, oh, man, he says, not again. We see this, like, little hint at Street Trash. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe I'll look maybe at it. Maybe I can look at I'll try looking that up at the end of this. Right, we'll right, see, right. We'll see. 
Uh, so, but, but, obviously, oh my, oh my god, I really, I can't even begin to fairly describe how awesomely bad and ridiculous these tits look now that they're perched on top of this garbage can. They start talking. They look like the little, like, like flowerettes from Little, little Shop, Shop of, of Horrors. That's yes, exactly what I yes, said. The, yes. the, the little Audrey twos. Yes, The yes. perched up there. The boobs say, we're invincible. <laughs> <laughs> and they order the mortals to bow down and worship at the teats of Memora. With that, the chi- with that, Chief has a heart attack and he dies. <laughs> collapsing next to the kid. Like, right, like, mm-hmm. almost head to head. Back to Tim, who says to Betty... Have I told you that I love you? Which is what he always said, Betty always said to him. And Betty wakes up and tells him, no, you know, not enough or something like right. that. They're, they're classic line again. They just reverse it. Tim tells her that she has to stop the demon tits. And she says, I can't because I'm nothing without them. I'm powerless <laughs> without my super boobs. <laughs> of course, now Tim goes into the whole after school special speech about how special Betty really is and that she never needed them and that boobs were, the boobs are within you the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Betty gets up, goes over to her coworker who got beat up by the boobs. Right. She's like missing a tooth. Her eyes are black. Her face is all swollen and bloody. She's got a bloody bloody. nose. The coworker wakes up and says, and laughs like, I'm prettier than you again. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) she's all busted up. But Betty takes the girl's bra off. This is the same girl who's complaining about the underwire bra. So, yeah. And uh, she starts approaching the boobs. Betty and the demon boobs have a face-off. They tell her it's fitting that you know she gets to watch the destruction of the world. Betty replies, you're not destroying shit. The tits laugh at Betty. They say, what can you and your tiny Tetons do to stop me? Tetons. Tetons. Betty chimes back. They might not uh they might not be big, but they're real and they're spectacular. <laughs> and Betty then holds up the bra. Again the tits laugh, saying, You seek you're seeking to stop me with a bra. Ha 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 they laugh. Betty fires back, not just any bra, underwire bitch. <laughs> and with that, Betty places the bra on, on the, the demon tits. tits and begins to smash them down. The tits scream as they're getting pushed further and further down until they explode into a watery silicone mess <laughs> that covers Betty. Betty just gets covered with silicone splash. It's, it's like like the log flume or like one of those water Yeah, lines, yeah, yeah. Tidal wave at six That's flags. Pretty. Oh, man. When I mentioned underwire bra earlier, Marshall gave me this look like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I spoiled it. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> he gave this look like, fuck. Just ruined it. Ugh, sorry, bro. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Tim rushes up to check on Betty. They hug as the camera cuts to Kid and Chief. Kid tells Chief to prom. They both stand up. The kid's like, promise me one thing, Chief. It's like, what's that? Tell us we can, you know, promise we can stop for ice cream on the way home. <laughs> and, you know, they're standing up, dusting themselves yeah, off. Yeah, it's like, he, kids had, you know, some bullets in them. He's just like, ow, these hurt. Yeah. Chief's like, yeah, heart attack, whatever. Yeah. You know, they're fine now. Yeah. And they walk off, and kid asks Chief, hey, Chief, did you kill the creature? And Chief gets real serious and says, it wasn't me, kid. Don't you see? Twas the beauty that killed the bust. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, Tim and Betty kiss as she starts filling up his chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, roll credits. 
Now, after the first few credits roll, we cut back to Dr. Thulu's office. Thulu pulls down this giant, like, pull-down di- anatomy <laughs> diagram of the male penis. Just dick. <laughs> giant dick and balls. And the camera pans over, and we see Dutch standing next to Herbert, rubbing his stump against his chin. Like, hmm. hmm. Yeah. And Dutch, Dutch says, you know, that is better than a new hand. Thulu breaks out into evil laughter, and then both Herbert and Dutch join in, and the laughter builds like an insanely over-the-top... So me- over-the-top and bizarre. Thulu starts, ru- like, her hair, like, making her hair go crazy. She's putting her hands in her hair. Her hair's getting wild. Everyone's just laughing Maniacally. insanely. Yeah, it is insane, yeah. Like, all, like... Too, like, again, kind of like you said, just so over the top. It, it still works, though. Yeah. Uh, roll more credits. And then there's another scene of a dead man laying on the ground. His mouth is a gap, like he was giving a blowjob. And there's blood all over his mouth and on the ground under it. And standing over the body are Kid and Chief. Kid says, uh, Chief, something about this seems familiar. And Chief replies, damn it, I'm just one week away from retirement. Roll the rest of the credits. That, my moon goon buddies, is Killer Rack. Killer Rack. Killer Rack! Uh, <laughs> what a ride, my friends. What a ride. So, <laughs> with that, let's move on to the favorite kills. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. Aaron, what are, is your favorite kill from Killer Rack? There were some decent kills. I mean, how many kills? How many times can you kill someone with your tits? I know, you know, but they they did they good did job. Yeah. They did a good job of like mixing it up. And I think my favorite one was the milk spray. The, the milk spray. The, the milk spray kill was my favorite one because hey, I mean, you got tentacles, you got teeth, and you did a few tentacle kills, a few bite kills. But hey, you know what? They are also made for. They are also mammary <laughs> glands, as we mentioned, and they didn't forget about that. They use it to the best They're of their ability. They're functional too. They produce e- milk. They're exactly, functional. <laughs> exactly. Another one that I liked again. It was just honestly the off-screen kill of Tick. That was, for some reason I liked that because <laughs> I just liked him like hamming it up on the side, going. Argh! And he gets drugged back. Oh, that's gears. 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 Yeah, sorry, gears. And he's he's hammered up on the side. He gets pulled off screen. You just see this huge, like, big spray of blood come flying <laughs> out. And you hear it splash on the ground. For some reason, I like that one, too. But my favorite one was the milk melt. The milk melt. Milk melt. Great. Um, I, I'm i with you, man. I had a hard time. Like, I'm really undecided. Like, I They lo- did a good job. They, they did a good job. They surprisingly did. Yeah. Like, I laughed at like I, I laughed so hard when the boob snapped the cop's neck. <laughs> I I loved like the first tentacle kill because because it's the first I'm like what like yeah. you don't think this movie can get any fucking crazier than it already there it is. is. Here come tentacles out of the tits. The milk was a great one. Uh, the the motorboating face eat was great. Like oh man, they're all good. But I think I'm gonna go. Even though I really enjoyed a lot of the kills, I think I'm going to go with the first tentacle kill. Just because, like, okay, this can't get any crazier than booby tentacles come out. Booby tentacles come out. <laughs> so I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go with that one first. All right. Or, you know, I like a lot of them. Do you have an honorable mention? Uh, no, it's either going to be net snack, it's neck snapping or uh, the, the, the milk, milk melt. The milk melt, There's too. There's a lot huh? of tongue twisters in yeah. this episode, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so moving on to uh, odds and ends. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Alright, ratings. IMDb gives it a 6.6 out of 10. 
Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's not even listed on the site. There's yeah. nothing. Well, I mean, it's it's not that old still. I mean, it was, what, well, 2015, Yeah, but still, it, there's a lot of yeah. other movies that have been on, yeah. right? It's just so low budget. Yeah. I guess. On Amazon, four out of five. Yeah, I saw that. Four out of five. Uh, plot keyword is only one, and that was H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> that's... That's, that's the one? Yeah, that's the one word. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, not tits, not boobs, not breasts, not anything. It's just no HP titties, Lovecraft. nothing. <laughs> Crazy. Um, I thought for sure it was going to be boobs or you, tits or something. Not yeah. even panties. I mean, we, and just, yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing. Just HP Lovecraft. Speaking of panties, just really quick. Yeah. Uh, I think this actress who played Betty Downer. Just doesn't wear skirts very much or sundresses very much. You always see like upper, yeah. dude. You see upper skirts so much, and it's not intentional. It's not like a sexy shot. Like she'll sit down and she'll just, whoops, there's a panty shot. Whoops, there's a panty shot. I just don't think she wears them very much because <laughs> she doesn't know how to like sit down. Right. I don't know. I thought maybe it was intentional, like just to sh- like just to be. You know, like, yeah, here's a panty shot for no reason. I, I, I maybe, it, but in this movie, who knows? It, yeah, it, it you could just don't be know. either way. Yeah. It could go either way yeah. with this one. Uh, so un- uh, moving on to trivia. Unfortunately, I could find zero trivia for this movie at all. But oddly enough, I did find the budget. So let's go on to play this week's budget game. They spent how much? The budget game. All right, Aaron. What do you think is the budget for the 20, 2015 Killer Rack? It was so fucking low budget. $17,000. Nice guess. You're going to be surprised by this. You came in under. Okay. I was kind of surprised by this too because I'm like, what? Uh, the budget I found, estimated budget, $45,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, what? They did have a lot of people. Yeah, but like, those were actually, those were people who probably paid yeah. like pizza and beer just to be on the what set. What think? Yeah. I mean, Kaufman and Debbie Roshan are going to be your two big names. Right. Everybody else, like, just, I don't know. Sure. And, and yeah, the, they're probably, even though they were really cheap, I get the money that went into like the special the effects. Special effects yeah. the, especially like the CGI. Well, I mean, you did have a lot stuff. of locations too. You had the office, you had the bar, you had her home, you had the alley. Um, you know, that's that's four places just off the top of my head. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I was surprised by that. But yeah, yeah, forty five thousand. What what came up for this one? Maybe maybe a lot of that budget went into those good looking fake boobs. Maybe like again, <laughs> like who knows what this was spent on? But yeah, forty five thousand. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to our five star reviews. Is this your guilty pleasure? Five star reviews. Alrighty. Uh, there were 20 total reviews for this movie. 50% of them were five-star reviews. Wow. Yeah. Um, now, several of them were just real simple, like, you know, real nothing fancy or anything. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Goth Gamer Girl, this is good horror. Five stars. <laughs> uh, from Christina Lehman, I saw the film originally at Horror Fest, and I've been waiting to have a copy of my own. This is a great combo of comedy and cheesy horror. Five stars. Not a fanny, but... And then from Katrina. Now, the reason I wrote these three down is because I was... It was very odd to me that the these were all written by women. Yeah. Giving this movie five stars. That's why I wrote these down, because, like, huh. that surprised me. Yeah. Uh, Katrina writes, funny and campy, and I can't get that music out of my head. Nice mix of in-your-face jokes and the ones that sneak up on you. Laughed my ass off. 
great effects, the acting was fantastic, and the production was way better than expected for a low-budget film. I know this will get even funnier with more views. Five stars. Again, like, these are women giving five stars. Like, I would thought the women would be like, one star, this movie's awful, blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, there's but a lot of cool gals out there that like there horror. Are, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, so, and then... I mean, we've met them before. I mean, we know they're out there. Yeah. So it's good to see them, though, giving props. And a another returning uh, review writer... One and a hooker with a shotgun? No, you uh, love that one. I do, it's a great name. Tim O'Donnell, the Celtic critic, <laughs> or Celtic critic, however you want to do it. Uh, I edited this one down because it was pretty long, but it's still you usually long. don't. Wow. The, yeah, but it was he was just going by name. It was mm-hmm. really out there. But he, what I wrote copy down was thank you, Paul McGinnis and Greg Lamerson for presenting us with this fun bag film parody. Uh, again, film. What I I don't know what it's parodying. Hey, it's just a fun bag film. I don't know what yeah. the parody is supposed to be. Um, there's like Jessica Zawalik is spectacular as beautiful Betty who feels that she's memory deficient due to her boob obsessed boyfriend and her boss to rectify this Halloween dilemma. She goes to consult the mad Dr. Thulu portrayed energetically and wonderfully by the always entertaining Debbie Roshan. No one does maniacal quite like Mr. Roshan. The ladies are all attractive. Tim O'Hearn as gears and Julian Dickman as tick bite are fabulously entertaining as a pseudo, not so silent Bob and Jay of Buffalo, New York and sensational, Sensational Sherry Fairchild makes a brief but memorable appearance at the climatic face-off with the demonic killer rack, the forces of good. I I don't know what that means. He's like forces of, or I think actually said forces of. No, no. Okay, I'm sorry. Demonic killer rack. Then he says seven forces of good. I can't wait to see the sequel, the revenge of the killer rack, because I know that those glorious orbs always come in twos, five stars. This guy needs to stop writing reviews because he's not a good writer. <laughs> you hear that? Huh? Not half his punctuation and stuff make zero sense. Yeah, you were having a hard time reading that one. Yeah, because it's like there's no punctuation. Where there is punctuation, there shouldn't be any. It's really messed up. And then this whole seven, the forces of good or God or whatever, I'm not sure exactly what he wrote, is makes absolutely zero sense. I don't even know where that came from. But uh, anyway, that that's our, our that's our five star reviews for for this week. Um, with that, <laughs> Aaron, let's go into our final thoughts. What uh, what do you have to say here for Killer Rack? Okay, um, I'm gonna say so bad it's good. But it, it, first, when I was watching, I was kind of having a hard time with it because I think we've had two like recently we've had like three in a row of kind of like horror camp, you know, like. Pool Party Massacre, Killer Donuts, now Killer Rack. It's just kind of like, okay, it's like a, this is the third one in a row we've done. And I'm trying to, like, take myself out of that. Because when I started watching, I was like, man, we're watching another one of these types of movies? Right. Okay. But I got to take myself out of that mindset because at, at first I was like, ah, well, I was just in the mood for something different. But trying to get my head out of it, it was fun. It was a fun movie. It's killer rack. It's about boobs that kill you. You know <laughs> what you're getting. And they deliver it very well. I guess another gripe I'd have would be more tits. More actual tits. 
Yeah. I, that, that'd be like my gripe is I would just like to see more boobs. It's just me because I like boobs. But they're, they're when they showed the fake giant titties, it was great. The kills were great. They had a lot of fun doing the fun kills. The third act climactic scene, <laughs> they were self-aware. They joked around a lot. I mean, it was fun. It's just a fun movie. It's a goof. Get some buds. Drink some beers. Watch some boobies do some bloodbath murder. <laughs> so bad, it's good. Um, I'm so I'm thrilled you said that because I didn't think you were gonna say it. But um, you know, like I said before, I just kind of had to try and remove myself from. I, I I was almost leaning towards so bad. Scream! Like, hold on, wait a minute. What if you saw this first? You would have loved it. You would have been going crazy for it. So I just got to try and remove myself from. You know, a lot of the horror movies I've been watching have been just kind of more the campy ones. Yeah. So with that. Trying to just give it a clear bill of health. So bad, it's good. All right. Uh, I agree with you a lot of things. Um, I love the fact that how self-aware this movie is. They knew what they were doing, and they did it with such... They did it well. I almost say finesse, but like they they rolled that, that roller coaster borderline of, of of campy over-the-topness just right. Like they, yeah. they, they went over-the-top when needed to be, and I don't know, I... Like well, the only spot they messed up, we think, is the that army medic, guys. That, those yeah. army guys. Um, I thoroughly thought this movie was gonna be atrocious. Like I was gonna hate it, but I found myself. I'm laughing. I the writing is surprisingly good in parts. The acting is on point for what it is. Um, everything you said. I too say so bad. It's good. I laughed. I highly suggest you watch this movie because it's just a silly, crazy, insane good time. Um. Yeah, watch it with friends, watch it with some drinks. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is cut from Lloyd Kaufman. I mean, obviously Lloyd Kaufman was involved and, in Yeah, some but it's way, not a trauma film. No, it's, it's not, not no, trauma. No, it's not. But it's, uh, you know, they there's a lot of inspiration from that. But there have it's more comedy, a lot of comedy to it. Oh, and they, and they make a lot of references to other movies, whether mm-hmm. it's the writing or a visual or something. Um, and just because I promised I looked it up, while you were talking, giving your recommendation, I looked this up. Oh. Uh, that man... Uh, who says not again? Who gets melted by the, the, the face? The milk melt is milk melt. Roy Funkies or something like I forget the guy's name exactly. But I looked him up, and indeed he was in Street Trash, where yeah. he's credited as melted businessman, which is exactly what he was in this movie. Yeah. So good on you, Aaron. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it, man. I I swear <laughs> to to you know Cthulhu. <laughs> That I did not look that up before. I was like, I bet, I bet he might have been street trash. Because why else would they have a street trash reference there? I, well, I was like, okay, yeah. you have a street trash on the sign, and, and you know, on the on the, on the on the on the on the trash, trash can. It's like, okay, that's enough of a reference. Yeah, but it said street trash, Frankenhooker, Tromaville. But I was like, I thought it was just something silly they were putting in the in the movie. Because like, oh, I want to put past these writers just to have some guys. Oh, not again! Like this is a commonplace thing. Uh, but no, you yeah. nailed it. And he played the same thing, melted businessman in, in Street Trash. That's awesome. So there That's you have so it. so cool. Um, Which was episode 50 of ours. That was our episode yeah. 50. Um, so yeah, So Bad's good. I highly recommend it. It was really fun to watch. I'm sure I could say come up with more things to say about it once we're off air, but fuck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, who knows? Uh, yeah, all right, guys. Thanks for listening in. Uh, we'll be back later with another horror movie. So in the meantime, guys, Watch more horror movies and remember to always keep it tight.